Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It was a physical night down there in downtown Phoenix as the Phoenix Suns brought back Jay the Boss Man Crowder and dominated the New York Knicks in a game, Matthew, where truthfully, I didn't think it was going to end that way. And and then it did. I mean, yeah. Suns end up winning by a total of 23 points. Really didn't feel like it was going to be like that. Uh, but Jay Boss Man, dude, he just he got fired in that fourth quarter. And that was game. He did. Over. Yeah, put them up, put them up. Yeah, dude, what I mean, you talking I, about? <laughs> I used to be a fighter back in the day. I can tell um, with that form. <laughs> you know what, man? That's the edge we have with Jay Crowder going into the playoffs is that kind of stuff. He's ready to size dudes up anytime. There was a time when Julius Randle, after he got fouled, went after Jay Crowder just a little bit. And Jay saw that and went right up to him. He's like, oh, what? You got something to say? Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. But uh, <laughs> freaking a mate, this is the playoffs right here, right? It just it sounded like it, it felt like it. It was everything that we are looking forward to within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, you look at Cameron Johnson not playing in this game. You know, they say he has a sore wrist, and you know what? I'm I'm sure that's true because he hasn't had the ability to drop a three ball for about yeah. 12, 13 games now. So if it's a sore wrist, sure. But one thing that you notice is the physicality that this team brings with Jay there. And that is what's going to be so valuable come playoff time. Now, with Jay Crowder out, because he tweaked his ankle in the Boston Celtics game a couple weeks back, the Suns played well. I think they only lost two games without him. But it's it's an edge. It's You know you, you see it permeate through the entire team. It's a momentum thing. It's a, hey, you can't just push this around. You know This isn't the Phoenix Suns of old, where Steve mm-hmm. Nash goes flying into the board. Two guys are like, hey... And then they get suspended, and Raja yeah. Bell's running over there, but Raja Bell's going to go get uh, uh, Steve Nash. You know, it's, I mean, this is a team yeah. that, you know, you try to push us, we're going to push right back, man. Yeah, that's what we have this year. I mean, just the toughness is there. Any team we go up against, I can't think of one team that's tougher than us, really, which is the, the background of these players that are on this team right now and the history they've had in the playoffs and just what they've done between Jake Crowder and Chris Paul. I mean, how many times do those guys? You spend 10 minutes watching one of their games in the playoffs, and it's just because the 10 minute like inter- interlude of just a commercial because they're looking at a replay or someone's getting thrown out of the game. <laughs> That's the way these guys play playoff basketball. So look forward to a lot more of that. The last two or three minutes of this game lasted like a half hour because of those yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, they force the opposition to react, they incite yeah. the emotion. And again, we've been on the other side of that for years and years and years. And it's nice to kind of be the instigators. And when we get to the SB Nation Says segment of this show, I've got plenty to share from the New York fans. The New Yorkers, huh? The, the New Yorkers, they had plenty to say. So, nice. um, Welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate it. Whether you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you are valued and appreciated. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, you know, you're valued and appreciated too. If you are happen to watch us on YouTube right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that little bell button and hit the join button while you're there as well because you can become an elite jamster simply by clicking that join button or by following the link in the description below. You can feel free to donate to the show via the super chat at any time. It helps Matthew with his beard gel. He needs to buy a little bit more. That beard's growing out. We got to get him some gel for that thing. So yeah, we don't want to get all crazy. My, (laughs) my beard kind of gets a little crazy because I don't have the gel either. So, I mean, feel free to donate in the chat if you see fit. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate and review. And if you're on Apple podcasts, go ahead and leave a five-star review, five stars and 
leave us a little review there. We'll read it right here on the podcast. You can email the show with any questions that you may have, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can follow the show at sunsjam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Foyda. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. There you go. All right. So it's Friday night. Uh, feel all right. Oh, up here on the side. I'm rocking these, the, the finished oh. long drink again, man. These gin yeah. and like gin and the grapefruit drinks are just fantastic. So I'm going to pop one of these open. Okay. Matthew, right. I assume well, you have Invisalign, so you are I don't drinking know. I'm a doing nice tea, right? Tonight. I'm doing something different tonight. I actually Whoa. have a shot. This is actually vodka in here, right? It's not water. It is vodka. What kind so, of vodka? It absolute. is. Uh, oops. Yeah, absolute. Oh, God, you know what kind of vodka I like, I guess. But uh, let me just, I'm going to take my dentures out. I meant to do it before we started. <laughs> But let me take these. Let me take these dentures out. Hold on. Oh, this is this is quality television, yeah, folks. This is my day, man. So I'll take the shot. Oh, the sound it makes is just gross. Oh, it's beautiful. It feels so good. But I'm here with you guys. All right. I'm gonna pop it. Matthew's gonna shoot it. Shoot it, Matthew. Shoot it. Cheers. Let's talk about the Suns' victory over the New York Knicks. New York, concrete jungles where dreams are made of. <laughs> Welcome to Phoenix. Yeah. I'm really happy, man. I mean, it's a Friday night. Suns yes. win. You know, uh, we keep pace with the Utah Jazz because they beat the Denver Nuggets tonight, which is something we'll talk about a little later in the show. But it really didn't feel like the Suns were going to pull this one out. I mean, it, it felt like the Knicks just had an answer for everything. And come the third quarter, we just we kept fighting back and fighting back and fighting back. And then the way that the third quarter ended, where the Suns were down seven with like 58 seconds left to go after Derrick Rose hits a three and yells something at somebody, doesn't get teed up for it, mind you. And the Suns <laughs> go on a 9-0 run, including yeah. that campaign, like real quick steal slash put it back under 0.9 seconds. I mean, that momentum God. just carried this team through the fourth quarter, and it was lights out, man. It was absolutely, it's this team, the Suns team is, they outlast a competition. You're right. In the first half, I was like, there's a point where I'm like, how are we even going to score the ball? The double teams mm-hmm. looked like triple teams, quadruple mm-hmm. teams. There was no way of getting out of them. The passing lanes were gone. They were turning the ball over. And you get in that funk. You're like, how are we going to score? How are we going to do it? And they just end up doing it. They start adjusting. They're not forcing things. You know, the old sons might start, you know, looking for Booker to force shots, but he didn't do that. He tried to get to the line. He did different things to where, where he would get to the free throw line, where he would actually try to find his teammates. He wasn't forcing a bad shots. Maybe one three that he forced up was bad tonight. Other than that, he had nothing really going offensively, but he did other things to help the team. And that's what they did. I think they just stuck to, they knew like it, as long as they stick to their game plan, they can outlast this Knicks team. I know a lot of teams, especially Julius Randle, looked like he was absolutely tired towards the yeah. end because he spent so much energy walking around that court. It looked like he, uh, he might be smoking a little something like speed or something, dude. The way he was walking at the free throw line, just his walk, wasting he was, energy. But he was he, beat up, man. He I was. Mean, he, the, the Suns play a physical brand of basketball that I don't know we, if we truly appreciate. And, and nights like tonight, when you're going against a team that is the number one team relative to opposing points per game, they're known for their defense, and we match their intensity. They're not used to that. Julius Randle's not used yeah. to that. As one of our elite jamsters, Blaze Megatron, says in the chat, he says, Nick's biggest mistake was pissing us off. And Coda Kid, another elite jamster, thank you both for being elite jamsters and joining. Uh, CP3 decided to fuck <laughs> New York up. Yeah. <laughs> I like to you know. You know what? It's like the Suns, yeah, you can't piss them off. But what the Suns do, like I said before we started this podcast, I was like, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, they will get under the other team's nerve and then they start to piss the Suns off. And that's how it works. They do it's just it's it's the way you play basketball. You start yeah. pissing off the other team. You do it on the playground growing up. More. Yeah, that's what you do, man. And that's what the Suns have, and that's what gets them over these humps. That's how they outlast these teams. And 
you're right, dude. The the matchup's tough. I mean, it's Julius Randle versus pretty much the Suns. They have a good hustling team on the New York Knicks, but he has to do a lot on that team. And if the threes aren't falling, dude, it's hard for that team to come back. Yeah, and I think that when the threes finally do fall for the Suns, that's when you can see things happen like what happened tonight. Because the Suns had a ton of wide open threes tonight. They did. Again, we we talk about it multiple times on the podcast. That guess what? The Suns are going to be open. That's just going to happen. Because of the way that our offense is run, you're going to have wide open wings, and they have to have the ability to knock down the shots. And you look at the way that this game played out, the Suns started off great. You know, 10-3 at the first time out. You know, they, they've been struggling with their starts recently. I feel like a lot of games as of late, we find ourselves in a deficit and trying to dig ourselves out of it. And, mm. you know, that, that did happen because – you know, the Derrick Rose came in right after that. And then all of a sudden the, uh, the Knicks went on this run and we were trailing and we were trailing all the way through until the end of the third quarter. And it was one of those games where it's like, okay, here, here we go. We have to get physical with them. We have to grind uh, and we have to selectively take our threes. And I think that the Suns again, showcase their ability to be patient, to give what the defense was giving them and execute and take the threes when they were open. Now they took them when they were open. And during those spurts where they allowed the Knicks to get up seven points, nine points, 11 points, then we get it down to four and then it's seven points. It's what, what killed us is that's when we took the opportunity to take our threes. Cause that's what the Knicks were giving us. The way that we got back in this game was DA was killing them on the interior. And once they take that away, boom, we have a wide open three. And when we aren't hitting those shots, obviously that we couldn't chip into that lead, but all of a sudden in that fourth quarter, those shots were open again, and the Suns knocked him down. Game over. Dude, look at this face. Oh, that's my DA. I'm that's, just that's your vodka face. Satisfied with DA face. I don't know. You want to just drop it now? I'm dropping it. Aiden Watch 2021. Tell me about your love of DA tonight, Matthew. Oh, man. Tell me one about thing, your love. <laughs> one, besides being dominant and just living under the, the rim on the offensive end, just planting himself in the paint to get those offensive boards. Besides that, he did something new tonight where it's going to help him in the long run, where he was getting open in the paint. He was moving around, trying to make himself visible to the passer. It happened with campaign a lot, where campaign did the up and under passes around the defenders to DA. Chris Paul was finding him, but he was just finding ways to be in visible sight of the of the of the Suns point guards. It was Chris Paul campaign, but they were finding him tonight, dude. And he wanted it throwing down those dunks. It's so weird to see a an Aiden dunk, you know, because we don't care anymore about that, right? The lay-in's fine. But two points, two points. Yeah, when he does dunk it, it still surprises you. It's the only thing that gets me up and gets me going. I was so into his game tonight. To say that his offense tonight is what's needed to be a playoff or a championship contender, yes, but it doesn't have to be this good. This is like another level where he was just he was doing everything that he needed to do on the offensive end. He still had some fun towards the end of the game, throwing out the three fingers running down the floor when Jay Crowder <laughs> made the three. I just... This this win for the Suns as a whole was very special, but Da just he came out. He started okay on the first few possessions. Chris mm-hmm. Paul missed him on the pass. Chris Paul took him aside. They had a, like a little weird talk, and you could see the response from Da. He was just like, "All right, I got it." It wasn't just like you know, and like looking the other way, but he's like, "All right, I got, it, I got it." And then after that, he took off, dude. After that, he was just phenomenal. He's the reason we won this game. As Alvin says in the chat, "Dicks out for Da, baby." He had a hell of a game. Uh, yeah, if you're at home alone, do if it. you're home alone, digs out for DA. You know, fantastic <laughs> job to the Suns for feeding DA early. Because as I mentioned, that's what the Knicks were going to give him. And, you know, the, there, it's no surprise that DA performs well against this team. Okay. You look at his uh, season, what was the game last year where he had, what, 26 and 21? in the garden, you know, I mean, that was his career yeah. high in rebounds was 21. I mean, this is a team that just doesn't have depth at the big position. I mean, they got Nerlens Noel and Julius Randle, and that's pretty much it. You know, they, they're a team that I, I wish we'd play in the finals or something, because I mean, we would just own them on the interior. Uh, but, you know, kudos to the Suns for making that observation, doing the advanced scouting and knowing that you need to feed this guy. Booker had a great pass to him early. Craig had a great one where Craig was looking to do the up and under, but he was going in with his left hand. I'm like, uh, that's not normal. You know, juice yeah. stick with the right hand. And then it was a, it was a wraparound pass to DA for a dunk. And he was getting to the line because of that, because of his aggressiveness, because of his willingness to take what they, they were giving him 
uh, you know, is putting him at the free throw line. And that's what the Suns needed to crawl back in the game at times, you know, and, uh, you know, it was it was really interesting early in the game when Tom Thibodeau used a challenge when Randall smacked the shit out of Aiton's <laughs> wrist. Like the score yeah. was twenty-one to twelve. That's not a coach of the year move, is it, for Tibbs? No, it's not. I mean, I think Monty won it, right? I actually, I wrote about that in the pregame. Uh, I was just like, this is like coach of the year versus coach of the year. You know, whoever wins this game probably will take it. And Monty, he's absolutely coach of the year. But that challenge, I mean, I even saw it from the regular camera. Usually fouls, you can't really tell, right? In mid-action, when it's actually it's going tough. on from home. It's tough. But that one was absolutely a foul. And one thing that's underappreciated with Dayton tonight, you know, I noticed too, on his screens uh, that mm-hmm. he sets for the for the guards, and he grabs the ball and he waits to hand it off to them. He is mm-hmm. so good at being patient there, while the guard can get open, so he can just hand it off to him. He doesn't force a pass. He moves his arm around. He can palm it. He can do whatever he can so that the defender can just you know try to catch up to either Booker, try to catch up to Paul, or even Cameron Payne. But then he hands it off perfectly. You know he's ready to set the play or get the play going. I just noticed that tonight too, where it's just like, I think we don't appreciate that too much of how good he sets the screens. I'm just all over eating tonight. I'm just, no, I mean, he, he definitely, he definitely was setting solid screens and something I think that he can continue to get better at. He, he does a good job of doing exactly what you said. The handoffs is, is a, a strength of his game. Sometimes yeah. he doesn't set hard enough screens and something that I wish he did. But again, tonight he was playing physical because the Knicks were pushing him. And so he was pushing back. And I think he really took a page out of Juice's playbook tonight because he was having some emphatic rebounds. Like it wasn't DA just kind of grabbing. I mean, he was going up for those things and boxing out, you know, and you, you look at his end stat line, 26 points, 15 boards, 10 for 14 shooting, a steal, assist, and a block. No turnovers for DA. I mean, he just had a fantastic game, playing physical, everything that you want from him. you know. And again, you love to see it when he wants the ball, when he's calling for the ball. There was one play where Chris Paul was running a semi-fast break, and DA put his hand up, and he had position. He was ready to go, and and Chris Paul, you know, drove to the baseline shot and bricked it out, and, you know, you could tell he was a little uh, uh, frustrated on that play. But again, you know, Seeing Mikael Bridges hit a three, him hopping around, having a good time. I mean, he was completely and utterly <laughs> engaged in this game. And when we yeah. talk about games like uh, our last game when we lost and DA doesn't look very engaged and, and you know, against the Hawks and, and the game against the Cavs where he didn't look very engaged, you know, he gets up for certain matchups. And again, the guy's 22 years old. He's going to learn how to get up for every matchup. This is the, the Joel Embiid kind of case. You know, like mm-hmm. Embiid only gets up for certain games. And, you know, one of the reasons he's an MVP candidate right now is one, the fact that Philly runs everything through him, so he's going to get the shot attempts and opportunity. But two, he is engaged in every game. He's going for it all the time. DA's going to learn how to get into that, and I'm really excited to see him come playoff time because every game is going to be important. Therefore, he will play that way. Yeah, and the effort's there. And if you were to tell me, I mean, this is the way we do sports. If you were to tell me this and that, oh, would you uh-huh. believe it? No, yes, but I would. Honestly- <laughs> At the end of the game, if we came on the pod and I looked at the stats of box score, I'd be like, Aiden only had 15 points, nine rebounds. I'd be like, I don't care. His effort was there, dude. I don't even care you guys scored 26 and 15, whatever the hell it is. I don't even care what his stats are because his effort, of course, we'll put out the stats, but his effort will just dramatically change whatever the Suns are doing on offense and on defense. It affects it so much to where this, this team can leap out in front of teams like New York, even though the bench helped the Suns tonight. But it's just it's that difference, dude, that he carries the Suns team on offense, man. I mean, if he's just putting that effort, it, it'll it'll end up being those stats every game. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened tonight. Yeah, he gives the opportunity. He executes, especially when the matchup is beneficial for him. So again, kudos today to DA on a fantastic effort against the Knicks tonight. Uh, when you look at the Knicks overall, you know, again, Julius Randle, uh, I think it was something that they were very in tune with trying to do. A couple things. You know, one, at the beginning of the game, they were trying to force pick and rolls to where Booker was having to match up with Randall. So you're trying to take your best player, who's a big physical guy, run those high pick and roll switches to put Booker on him. Uh, and then they were doubling and almost tripling Booker every time he had the ball. Obviously, this is going to be a preview that we're going to see in the playoffs. Can you see this happening with the high pick and roll screens to put Booker on these big, talented, quality big men like Jokic and AD come playoff time? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to happen a lot, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one weakness, right, on it. defense. It, Booker has played better defense this year, 
For sure. I mean, even the media is talking about how his defense has improved. It's always been a knock on him. And I think this year, he's just the one weak link on that starting lineup. Even Jay Crowder can play pretty freaking good defense. So they're the one, he's the one guy every team's going to search for. The adjustments have to be made. They're made tonight. They're always going to be made. The help defense will always be there. And it's not like he's going to be left alone. You know, I think I only noticed it maybe two or three possessions. I'm like, oh man, like he's left out there. What's he going to do? But then there's things happened where, Monty will make the adjustment. Uh, players will come over and help. So then I don't notice it as much, and they can clean that stuff up because that's what they do, right? This year, I feel like they just start to clean things up quicker, and that's one of the things they're going to have to focus on in the playoffs is Booker's defense. But as long as he's putting up the effort, he'll be fine. He's going to get the help from DA, and I think when DA decides he's going to help on defense, then he's absolutely going to get that help. I just, I just think he can rely on that, Booker, that is. No, yeah, you're right, and I think that Come playoff time, I mean, if if Booker has to play against AD or Jokic, you know, and and after the Lakers lost tonight to the Blazers, literally like the worst case scenario lies ahead for the Suns because the Lakers are the seven seed and the Clippers are the three seed. So if like the season were to end today and the, the Lakers would have to play the Warriors, and if they won that game, the Suns would have to play the Lakers in the first round. If they were to win yeah. that, they'd have to play the Clippers. Like we're <laughs> right into it over every, with. Yeah, like, yeah, we get it over right? with, or just or just not have to deal <laughs> with it at all. Like the Jazz, the Jazz wouldn't have to deal with them until the Western Conference Finals. But anyways, yeah. when we play a team that has those talented big men, you know, ISO defense is not something that the Suns are good at. You look at the advanced statistics, and it's all right there. But they're really good at team defense and, and rotations. And if Booker does get left out on those islands, as long as they have the ability to throw quick doubles, and, and like Jokic is a cheat code, and Jokic is the MVP. And I don't think anyone really, you know, as Suns fans are like, yeah, man, that'd be nice if CP3 got the, the MVP. But like we all know Jokic is the MVP, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I made my case. It was yeah. just whether or not Jokic and the Nuggets can lose games. So yeah. Yeah, and which they haven't. So no, they although haven't. they lost tonight, but they're but they're like eleven and two or three since uh, Murray went down. But when we're in the playoffs and we're taking on, you know, bigs talented like Randall, you know, what stopped Randall tonight uh a little bit. I mean, again, Randall ended with what, 24, 25 points. He had 13 of those in the first half. And he was like, he was not going to have a repeat of the last game where he only scored 18 points. But a lot of those points came on those Booker possessions. So that's definitely something that we're going to have to just kind of, Monty's going to have to game plan against is really, you know, do you want to allow their guy to post up book? Cause I mean, that's going to take energy out of Booker and you're not going to get mm -hmm. great offensive games. And, you know, tonight was another example of one of those not so great offensive games for Booker. He went three for 12 from the field. 16 points because he got nine for nine free throws, but yeah, three nice. for 12 from the field. And part of that's because of double teams, and part of that's because he has to expend his energy on defense against those bigs and, and was forced into matchups that the opposition wanted. Yeah, he didn't get a whole lot of good looks tonight. If you're saying like an open three for Book is a good look, it's not. We know that as Suns fans now, I think the open three is probably maybe the one of the worst looks for Booker. I don't know why, but it is. I mean, he's never been a good three-point shooter, I guess. But um, other teams are going to adjust. When you're going up against superstars in the in the freaking playoffs, they're going to find ways to get on to Booker. It happens. I mean, we saw it when, who were we playing? And it was the defense at the end. And oh, it was Milwaukee. We we're playing, and Drew Holiday was on Booker. Uh huh. But he, I'm sorry, he was not on Booker to end the last possession where Booker got fouled to win the game. No, he was on the sudden, entire time. No, at first he was not, and then they switched over, and then Drew no. Holiday found himself on him. Yeah, if no, you watch Booker, the replay, Booker, if you watch the replay, Booker was on, or Drew Holiday was on him the whole time. They tried to switch they him switched. off, and they couldn't. They wouldn't. Drew Holiday fought, fought through those screens. All right. Well, a jamster needs to let us know. Go back and watch that game. Because yeah, I'm pretty I sure Drew stayed like stayed on him like glue. Yeah, after he got switched on to him. Let's just in the pot right now. This is over. You know, we disagree. <laughs> but anyways, continue with your continue with your point. No, I'm just saying that these they're gonna find ways to find themselves on Booker. It's just whether or not we make the adjustments or the Suns make the adjustments to overcome that. I mean, I think they can. They did tonight. It's just you find yourself as a Suns fan so scared when your offense can't score anything and you're nothing's working out because you don't think any adjustments are going to be made. But we talk about on the pot all the time. It does happen. Whether it's halftime or timeout, things do change. The intensity picks us up and we just outlast these teams. That's basically the way we win games. Yeah. And again, it, you know, defense, it's all about the defense, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm continually impressed. Oh no, I'm, I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm almost there. <laughs> but I'm continually impressed by this team yeah. 
on defense because they do. They force the opposition out of their comfort zone, and that's what the Knicks were doing tonight against us. You know, they were taking us out of our comfort zone. Devin Booker's comfort zone is the midi, and they took him out of that game. And essentially what happened is after, you know, in the first half, he's spending that energy trying to guard Randall on certain switches. He's double teamed every every time he, he has the ball. He was doubled and triple teamed. He ended with a total of only one turnover. turnover. So kudos mm-hmm. to Book for not allowing them to force him into you know bad turnovers and easy possessions on the other side. But still, he finally had uh, open looks on the other side, and then they just stopped falling. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was they were like wide open looks, and he just wasn't hitting them. Yeah, but that's normal, right? I mean, that's what happens, man. The only ones that hit the wide open threes right now, Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Will, now he does. And then that's about the three that I can trust with wide open threes. Campaign yeah. you can throw in there, too. Yeah, you can throw campaign in there. Speaking of campaign, man, that Ooh. guy is, uh, I mean, he's the heartbeat of this team, isn't he? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's absolutely amazing because what he does, he comes in and he makes me take a note where I'm just like, campaign, I do this every game where I'm just like, campaign's just looking to shoot, just looking to score. He has like always like one turnover, one bad play to start his like game. But then after that, everything starts flowing, man. His passes tonight were absolutely incredible. I actually think that he had some of the best passes tonight. Those wraparounds I talked about before with Aiton. But just his scoring ability, focusing on that is such a big thing for him and the Suns team on defense or on from the bench because you have a lot of playmakers off that bench. I mean, Sarge is through a slump, but you have campaign who would try to be a playmaker, but there's other guys. They move the ball so well. I'm not saying that Frank convinced he's the best playmaker, but he does look for his teammates now. So mm-hmm. you don't have to like worry about guys just like zoning out the rest of the team and just focusing on getting their game going from a shooting perspective. Campaign is that guy. And I love it. I think he could find guys when he needs to, but scoring is his thing, and he needs to stick to that because he's an absolutely efficient scorer. Did you find and, it? No, not yet. And okay. uh, <laughs> I'm working. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, like I, I have it. I just have to watch it during the next time that you talk. And okay. if you're right, I won't show it. <laughs> what? I'm probably someone actually right. put in the comments. You're right. So I'm well, probably wrong. Well, I can't remember I mean, anything. I, I mean, I, let, 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 let's see real quick. If I do this, okay. let's see. Share screen. Okay. Share screen. Hold on. I'm almost there. This is really good for all the people who are listening to the podcast. They're like, no, wow, yeah. this is fucking riveting. They're looking at a game from like last week. All right. So yeah. this is the game. This is the yeah. play right here. Right. So yeah. Okay. Low, low, low. Here we go. So there's Drew on him. Drew on him. Yeah. Drew on him. This is Drew too late, him. though. This no, is too late. It, it, I'm telling because you. Because when he brought it down to half court, Drew was not Drew on was him. Drew was on him. Drew was no, on him. No, he the wasn't. Whole time. They switched. Yeah, he was on him the entire time. Right, we'll call time. Adam Silver. We'll call Adam Silver, dude. The entire time. Um, but back to Darth campaign. Versus. <laughs> but back to campaign. Did you notice that when uh, Josh Gibson, because I guess that's Todd Gibson's new alias, because. Uh, 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 what's her name? Ann Myers on the broadcast today called him Josh Gibson's. Everyone's on every, everyone on uh, uh, Twitter's like, did, did she, you know, poor Ann. She Ann makes Myers. one mistake. I love Ann Myers. I do too. Uh, yeah. The Knicks fans on SB Nation were were being very kind to her. But after he just straight threw that shoulder into CP3 and knocked him down, if you yeah. watch that play, like Mikhail Bridges goes to uh, CP3, he's like the Raja Bell in that situation. He's like, I'm going to help my point guard. Just got knocked down. And you can see it looked like there was about to be a gaggle and campaign comes running in and he realized at the last minute, he's like, Oh, I'm the only one over here, but it looked like he was about to throw down. But again, that's why these guys love him. And when mm-hmm. they, when they, they put all the subs in at the end of the game, Mikhail Bridges is like tapping him on the head and having a good time. I'm telling you, man, yeah. campaign is so important to this team. Seeing him take that knee, uh, into the inside of the thigh at the very end of the game. Like we got to mm-hmm. monitor that. No, that was nice. And I mean, the whole play wasn't very nice. It seemed so dirty when it happened. But when you saw the replay, it was like, oh, it looked like more of an accident than it was like a dirty play. And I, I'm so glad CP3 got up and just walked away. You know, I know the yeah. game we, we had. Well, he went Thibodeau. I love that. Yeah, he did. He's like, that was a dirty play. But mm-hmm. but he walked away from the situation, which is nice, because even though we had the game in hand, you never know. Right. You don't want to get you don't want to get them back in the game, have someone suspended. It's so close to the end of the year to playoff time. You don't want anything to happen where we have two guys out, you know, some games, you know, Boris Diaw might be suspended or Amari Stoddard might get suspended. So that might, that might've happened tonight. So I'm glad that did not happen because Chris Paul is the grown up in the situation. He took over the game tonight. 
it was under him. And I was going to ask you too. I think I asked you this before. Chris Paul is like in these games taking it over. And I don't think it affects Booker. I don't think Booker cares at all. But those MVP chants might be kind of annoying to him, you think? Or just Booker's just happy to be there, right? You just got to yeah. reassure me because I get kind of freaked out about this. No, stuff. I don't. Th- I don't think you need to be freaked out about that. Okay. I think that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any uh, disdain for that. I think he loves it. I think that he is. You know, it, that's his teammate, man. I love and, it too. And, and he is here doing doing CP3 things and helping this team, so he doesn't have to carry it at the. You know, for the whole season. All right, here you go. I found yeah. this on Twitter. I'm so talented. I can do this. And all right, so go, here you baby. go. Okay. All right, so this is the top of the play. Okay, so you see Booker, yeah. right? See where Drew Holiday yeah. is right now. Wait, yeah, press play. All right. I'm, I'm press play. It's loading, of course. Oh, oh, come on, this stupid thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but me? I'm still gonna tell you that there was another guy on him when he. I'm gonna show. Well, court. I'm gonna show you. DiVincenzo comes up and they try to switch out of it, dude. Like I just okay. watched it while you were talking. All right. Please, well, you stupid. You? I fucking Cut hate technology. Off. All right. This is a fun podcast. Yeah, this is really awesome. fun. Matthew but, yeah. and John fighting over a yeah, play that happened over. three weeks ago. Just mm-hmm. it's all right. We can share it on Twitter later. I mean, we can just say who's right, who's wrong. I guess we can, but like, why isn't it loading? Like that just drives me know. crazy. Why is why does my life hate me? Yeah, G, right? What's that? Yeah, well, no, it's G, because right? it's because Ashley's home and she's on the TV right here. So it's like she's pulling all the Wi Fi uh, to her TV and like Shan's so watching the TV and and oh my god okay. just play no. this is this is live tv at its worst what the hell just yeah. happened all right well we can just move on i guess <laughs> i i guess so <laughs> like now w- welcome to my life ladies and gentlemen nothing yeah. ever works oh now i'm gonna get an ad oh my god just stop sharing john just stop <laughs> sharing oh my god and the moment i go away watch it'll it'll be like right it'll there. start playing yeah oh I, yeah i guarantee okay. you i guarantee okay. you so uh there it is it's playing <laughs> on them Chris Paul tries to screen him off. Nope, sticks on him. Chris Paul mm-hmm. tries to stream him off again. On him, on him, on him, on him, on him. I'll show you later. Uh-huh. Sorry, Jamsters, for who are listening. Sorry, Jamsters. Sorry, everybody who just left because there's like, okay, there's, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my Wi Fi, I'm oh, looking well, at right now. Well, it sucks right now because I've got like everybody's home right now and everybody's <laughs> watching TVs. Um, yeah. So it just, it kills my, and I'm plugged in. I'm plugged into the modem and this is what happens, man. Fucking Cox. Oh, anyways, back to the, the game to that occurred tonight. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks, would you, are you going to be rooting for the Knicks in the playoffs? Yeah, I am. Actually, I would, it's funny because I think it's cool to be a Nick, right? Right now, they are the coolest. They're always the best team in New York, no matter what. Brooklyn brought three of the top 20 players in the NBA to play. And nobody in New York cares. And I honestly, as an NBA fan, if they were in New York playing with the, those players, first of all, they would all be playing. They would not take nights off. Tom Thibodeau would be like, hey, nope, you're playing. That's why they didn't go to New York. That's probably why they don't want to play for that guy. But honestly, if they were a New York Nick, that would be more impressive than anything. I would love to root for them in the playoffs. Right now when they're in Brooklyn, I just don't care. It's not as exciting. Yeah. I love they're watching the New Jersey Nets, dude. They'll always be yeah. the New Jersey Nets to me. It's not the same, right? But the Knicks are like the Knicks. You know, I mean, they're they're they are basketball. They, you know, Madison Square Garden is the the mecca. You know, but it's just like yeah. when the Knicks play well, it's good for basketball. And you know, it's like when the Yankees and the Red Sox are both good, it's great for baseball. When Duke and North Carolina are good, it's good for college basketball. When the Dodgers are good, it's great for for baseball. So having the Knicks play the way that they are playing right now, headed for the playoffs, it's definitely great. And it's a team I will be rooting for. On the yeah. other side of the conference, you know, uh, I won't be rooting for Atlanta. Like, I don't like the way Atlanta plays. I like the way that they the Knicks play. I like Julius Randle. Uh, I'm rooting for R.J. Barrett, man. I mean, R.J. Yeah, Barrett had a great game tonight. He was he was a problem. You know, he was a killer from three. He's not somebody mm-hmm. who you necessarily think of as a, a an assassin, if you will, from three. You know, last season he shot 32%. He's almost at 40% this year. He's a valuable and viable scorer. Yeah, and he's taking his time, too, as a rookie. Usually in New York, of course, the expectations might be a little bit higher. But in this kind of Knicks team, it's like there's no expectations, right? So when he goes into New York, 
it's not really a bust yet. Even though I guess there was trade rumors going around with him being traded to, I forget who the team is, but the Knicks are smart. Just hold on to him. He can be an asset. He's a different looking dude on the court, right? His length, mm -hmm. his ability to get to the hole, shooting and all that, it'll come together because you can tell this guy will work on it. He'll be more impressive later on in his career. Just right now, just get him warmed up. You have a leader in Julius Randle. Now it's just like, as a Knicks fan, it's like, who are we going to lure in this offseason or maybe next offseason to get this thing really, really moving? Because I know in the playoffs, they might play the Hawks. I was listening to Bill Simmons. I think that's like the first the matchup right now between those mm -hmm. two. So, I mean, if they lose that, then it's like, yeah, it was a successful season. But what's next? Now we want championship next year. So this team right now, it's super fun to watch. And I can still root for them. I still will root for the Hawks. I think it's still a young team. It's fun. It almost got broken up. So that's kind of fun to root for for me. Um, but not the Brooklyn Nets. They're just boring. <laughs> no, it's you know it's not fair. You know, I mean the the Knicks are a team that's trying to build it from the ground up. They're trying to build a culture. They're like the Suns. Yeah. You know uh, who just said it in the chat though? I like what they said. They. Uh... Oh, hey John. <laughs> you can, you just left, but actually I wanted to go to this comment right here. Brian Weinstein, Knicks can lick my. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. For me, I'm a big fan, so that's kind of harsh. But and Knicks suck. This is so rude, dude. Honestly, anybody out in the East right now, you can root for, right? Because they're not in the West. You can have fun watching them. The only thing you want to focus on is keeping the Nets out of the championship. Upset, then yeah, keep them out of the championship. John, you're back, baby. Having a I, rough night tonight. What the hell huh? is going on with my, yeah. see, my internet, man? This is what happens when everybody comes home. I was in the middle of saying that uh, somebody in the chat just said that the Suns are the true orange squad, and I concur with that. So I'm going to hang out on this side yeah. of the screen now because my team, my internet sucks. All right. Well, this so. is so weird, actually, man. I know. What's going on over there? Like, I don't know. We were just talking about the Knicks. Someone said the lick my balls Knicks, but I don't know. That's kind of harsh. Yeah, that is kind of harsh. I, I'm I'm okay with the Knicks. They're not one of the teams that annoys the crud out of me. Um, when the when the Suns go through their cold spells like they did tonight, do you credit mm -hmm. the New York Knicks de defense or the Suns just missing open shots? Is this something we definitely need to shore up? Because mm -hmm. we're having these opportunities to climb back into games or to balloon leads. And yeah. these, the, I mean, the Suns went through some pretty bad cold spells. No, they didn't. It was it was super scary. But honestly, that defense from the Knicks, it's something you think about going into this matchup. You're like, the defense is going to be very, very tough on the Suns. And it was, absolutely. So I expected it. Not that much to where they couldn't get out of it, but they eventually did. And you're right, they went to Spurs where they were down by three, and they would get the turnover, they would miss a shot, get a turnover. Their defense was playing better, the Suns. And they just couldn't get that extra shot to really get them closer or take the lead. It took a while. It took Jay Crowder, it took the bench to really come in and try to help out and get that lead taken over. But uh, I honestly, I think <laughs> the last uh, minute, or I'm sorry, was it the last second at the end of the third quarter when mm -hmm. they got the lead, right? Yeah. yeah, so it just, it took that spur. It was kind of like the overtime game against, us, um, against um, who was it we played? The Cleveland we, Cavaliers. Yeah. All of a sudden, was, when the Suns sudden, play with emotion, all of a sudden, I mean, it's a tidal wave that you you better just yeah. get out of the way, and that's exactly what happened tonight and how we ended up winning by, I mean, 23 points, man. I mean, that's ridiculous. You look at the fourth quarter, the Suns outscored the Knicks 38-17. to 17. It's almost like what happened for the Suns against the Hawks. Where the, now, granted, the Suns were down by like nine points entering the fourth quarter against the Hawks yeah. a couple nights ago, but they got boat raced in the fourth, and that's exactly what the Suns did. They scored 30 in the first, 26 in the second, 34 in the third, and 38 in the fourth. Conversely, the Knicks scored 25 in the third and 17 in the fourth. I mean, yeah, it was it, it was truly the the emotion, of, and it was all on defense. It was, and honestly, I... I made a note. I'm like, is Booker going to have to help us out tonight or not? Or are we just all going to step up? Are they all going to step up as a team and just help him out with having a tough night on the offensive end? But I kind of liked it because I think Booker learned tonight where it's like if things aren't going right for him offensively, he doesn't have to force anything. I said that earlier, but it's mm -hmm. so true because the rest of this team does the same exact thing. If it's not working one way, find another way to help this team. And that's exactly how they pulled it together. And I like what Jay Nunya, one of our elite jamsters, says in the chat. He says, I love watching pissed off sons. Who's your favorite pissed off son? Oh, man, CP3. Yeah. CP3 goes into another mode. Because, like, Jay Crowder, it's fun when he's pissed off because he's scary. And Grim Rippa says the juice. He When he's pissed off, he, he can be scary, too. But CP3 yeah. scary on that scoreboard, man. 
And that's what's huge. Is he just, yeah. I mean, he does the things that we wish Booker would do when Booker got pissed off. Yeah. And I like CP3 when he gets up. It's like he's taking off his belt about to whoop somebody's ass. That's the way he looks when he gets mad. So I love that, dude. <laughs> like a good neighbor, you better call your State Farm agent. Jake yep. from State Farm is going to have to come save your ass. A couple other guys I want to talk about real quick. Bridges, you know, he's yeah. got to be one of our three major X factors as we head towards the playoffs. Because he, just like Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson, are going to be open. The difference is consistently as of late, you know, obviously Jay hasn't played, Cam has and hasn't played well. Bridges has been the one who's been consistent, uh, not just from three, but just overall offensively. You know, you, you look at tonight, ends with a total of 16 points, had four rebounds, uh, one steal, one block, five for 10 shooting, and four for six from deep. He is such an unbelievable X factor because come playoff time, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, these wide open threes are going to be, we're going to be living there. And we've got to shoot 40% from three point land if we want to win these games in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's what it looks like when you hit them. I mean, I think extremely yeah. at a high percentage is something that probably won't happen like tonight to where they were just going off. They would not miss towards the end. But Mikhail himself, I think it's been, this is his third game in a row where he's just showing, maybe not the, of course, maybe not the Cleveland Cavaliers game, but even then he played pretty good. Mm -hmm. But three out of four games, he has absolutely been just like, a different guy out there um, offensively his three. I think he knows it's going to go on before he shoots it like in right after he releases it, he acts like it's going to go in too. So he actually will back away and get ready for a celebration. And I love that because yep. that's what he needs, right? He's a nice guy. Uh, Chris Paul calls him a nice guy, but honestly, man, you get this, you, you want this guy in your team in a dog fight. I think you absolutely want that. Absolutely, and he's another guy who gets fueled by his defense. His defense leads to quality offense. And you look at his last few games, you know, he had a seven-point game against Brooklyn. Last time we played the Nets, 21. 13 points mm -hmm. against the Clippers. Uh, 18 points against the Utah Jazz. 17 against Oklahoma City. 22 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. 18 against the Atlanta Hawks. And then a 16 spot for him tonight. He's really, really start. Yeah, pro baller, 602. You guys remember the Hitch days? When you had that hitch in his uh in his shot. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, like, what are you talking about? But yeah, with his shot, yeah. That's mm -hmm. I feel like every kid out of college that's long has that, right? <laughs> yeah, and his was just like so long, and like now it's just it's smooth, and you know, again, he's Beautiful. he's preparing for those celebrations, but he's gonna be key. Jay Crowder's gonna be key, you know. Huge shout out to Jay Crowder with his 18 points off the bench, six for twelve from three. He shot 12 three pointers tonight, man. <laughs> Welcome back, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> way to put him up. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't be shy. You know, we we know you've been out for a little bit. Let's just see yeah. how you're feeling and you know, uh, okay, yeah, 12 shots. That's that's fantastic. The Sarge Smoke Break. All right, I had to bring up Dario Sarge tonight. Just just real quick, you know, six six minutes played. He went 0 for 1 from the field and had one personal foul. And the, the only reason I want to bring up the Sarge Smoke Break is because there was one moment that I just, I was, I was dying laughing. And there was a play where he was going up for an offensive rebound and a whistle was called. And he instantly like looked at the ref. Like it was like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, and the, the ref's like, no, 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 it's it's, it's on the Nick. He, he pushed you out of the way. <laughs> and like, it's so like poor Dario, like his auto response is to automatically think it's his fault. Like, you know, you ever have one of those days where like, you just continually like drop something or like, have you ever been like carrying groceries? Right. Or, or have something in your hand, you know, and you're walking out to your car and you're like, it's in your left hand. So you reach down your right hand into your pocket to grab your keys. and You're like a fucking course. My keys are in my left pocket. Yep. It's like, all I got to move time. everything over. I have to meet all the time. Like that's how Dario lives his life on a basketball court. That is a perfect analogy. Honestly, when he did that, I started laughing my ass off. I actually thought that we were going to bring it up on the pod or I was. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did. It's funny because when we watch this, we see the same things. I know he only played five minutes tonight, so it's the only thing he did. But that is absolutely just a Dario moment. That's why we created this segment. We need to bring these things out there because it's hilarious. And I, I don't want to say too much about him, of course, but like it's like almost in a way he might be playing himself out of the lineup a little bit. I mean, I don't know if he can get his mojo back in time for the playoffs. It doesn't look like it right now. And I don't think I'd be too mad if he'd only played like 10 minutes. If yeah. That. I, I'm kind of at that point where I don't know what's going to uh, what's going to happen with his minutes come playoff time. You know, Tory Craig is really starting to play a lot of those minutes, 
And yeah, and he's playing him effectively. Now, granted, you know, Torrey Craig, the juice isn't putting up monster numbers. He had seven points, three for 10 from the field, one for six from three. Finally got that six there, that three pointer to fall in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, but six rebounds, two assists, two, you know, a steal. I don't need Dario Saric to come in and give me a ton of points. I need him to, you know, create havoc on the defensive end and grab those rebounds. And he just hasn't really done that as of late. So we're just going to do a little smoke break for our buddy Dario there because. You know what? That's probably one of the last times we'll see him. I don't know. SB Nation says. All right, ladies and gentlemen, SB Nation says. So I went over this evening over to the SB Nation site for the New York Knickerbockers. And their SB Nation site is, you know, we're bright side of the sun. They're posting and roasting.com. I don't know why. They're what? What was Post, it? Posting and roasting. Okay. So that's just the name of their site. But there's one thing I learned very, very quickly is they absolutely, on the Knicks, hate Alfred Payton. Like, they hate him. Like, they can't stand Alfred Payton. So here's some of the fun quotes from there. They say, Elf got to go back on the shelf. You know, early in the game, he already had there are two turnovers already. Watching Elf makes me wonder, do you think Cleveland would trade Garland for Obi Toppin? Because they just they they want him gone. Elf, Elf comes out, room co- Rose comes in, and there's nine there's a 19 point swing in the Knicks' favor. You know, and yeah. and, and Derek Rose is a problem, man. And kudos to the Suns because Derek Rose was toasting the Suns like he always does. And I posted it on Twitter. Derek Rose averages 20.8 points per game against the Suns in his career. That is the third highest against opposing teams. The other two, the Jazz are number two, and the Knicks are number one. So when he played as as a member of the Chicago Bulls, he used to roast the Knicks. But the Suns are his number three team. He's always a problem for the Suns. When he came in the game in the first quarter, it was a 14-2 run. Uh, He was juking Javon, and Javon's a good defender, and that's how quick Derrick Rose still is, even with the bad knees. Juking Javon all over the court. But then the the Suns did a really good job in the second half by trapping him. And forcing the ball out of his hands and forcing turnovers for him. Do you see that underhand pass that went like out of bounds? Like, way to go, Suns, on the on that adjustment. Yeah, they started adapting to what he was trying to do in the paint. Honestly, when when Rose came in, I was like, he should maybe be starting out, out over Alfred Payton. But Payton actually played pretty good defense at first against Paul. But besides that, I'm like, he's the one that sticks out of the team, obviously, in the starting lineup. It's like, does he belong? Honestly, he probably won't be there that long. But what, right now, what Derrick Rose is doing, it's insane because as soon as he came on this team, when they made the trade, I remember when we were like, why is this such a big deal that Derrick Rose is being traded to the Knicks? Well, this might be the reason because their record since I think they only lost like eight games since he's been on that team. So he's yeah. been the one to turn him around. But I mean, I haven't watched the Knicks too much to really know. But why is he coming off the bench? Why is he not a starter? Maybe because they want him to run with the second unit. But the second unit doesn't even play any minutes like tonight. So, so Thibodeau will play his starters a lot of minutes. Well, and so what Thibodeau has been saying is like, listen, I'll start him, but I'm ending with D Rose. So mm-hmm. it's you know it's that same kind of uh, uh, argument. And I went, well, it wasn't really an argument, but point that the Suns and and us here on the Suns Jam Session podcast and our Jamsters would talk about a lot earlier in the season is. Well, should we be starting Frank? We're winning games with Frank. So it's got, you know, it's like, it's, it's not about who you start. It's about who you finish with. So they bring him out in an effort to try to provide defense. And then some of the people on posting and roasting.com noted that uh, elf has no points, but he's out there for his D on Chris Paul. Uh, And they put that in quotes because uh, Clyde Frazier is the one who calls the Knicks games on their network. And Clyde said that he said elf has no points, but he's out there for his D on Chris Paul. So he said, Clive, I love you, but bro, just pretend elf ain't out there. Just like the rest of us, instead of beating that drum. <laughs> so yeah. they just, they were really, they don't like Alfred Payton. Yeah. If you're trying to keep a ball game with Derek Rose play defensively, like you're not going to stop him. You saw no, tonight. No, you're not. Um, they said Clyde Frazier said on the broadcast that Aiton is the bohemian out of Nassau. At a NASA, at a NASA, because he's from the Bahamas, Nassau, Bahamas. Oh, okay. So, but they call he called him a Bohemian, uh, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, oh, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I like the energy from Obi. Heads up, head up on the steal, no hesitation yeah. on the three, active and confident. This is the this is closer to the guy they thought they were drafting. Yeah. What you see from Obi Toppin tonight? It, it's fun because honestly, I didn't expect to see too much because you know all season long when you hear about the Knicks, you're like Obi. 
maybe trade him, maybe do something with him, get him off the team. That's what Bill Simmons always said. So it's like, okay, I'll take his word for it, baby. But honestly, it's it's such a tough year. We talk about sticks not having like any time to get ready for the season. And you have Obi, a New York first-round draft pick. He has to come in, maybe produce, but I think we all know it's going to take some time. And honestly, tonight he looked pretty good. He looked kind of scary. That steal, the block he had on Chris Paul, and then the steal and the dunk was very, very nice. The two threes he did make. Beautiful. I think he honestly looked like he fit in well tonight. So I haven't seen too much of him, but tonight just shows you like they're playing him as much as they can until it's too much, but they're giving him that experience that I think he needs. Yeah. And playing behind Julius Randle has got to be tough for him. I mean, he's the opportunity to grow is going to be few and far yeah, between. Yeah. Uh, Blaze Megatron says in the chat, he's like, I saw a guy. I wish we got to draft. I'm with you there, Blaze. Or I'm with you there, Jay uh, Blaze. Yeah. I really, really wanted to draft him, but I knew he would go higher than what we were going to be able to get him. Uh, Crazy Luigi says in the chat, Emmanuel quickly is their rookie this season, though. Uh, and that's what a lot of people were saying on the SB Nation uh, post and roast in New York Knicks site. They're like, where's IQ tonight, man? Like, no IQ. They're playing Frank Nittalikina. They're playing yeah. uh, Alfred Payton, and they're playing Derrick Rose. Like, they wanted to see quickly over Alfred Payton because, again, they hated him. Uh, they said Chris Paul gets under everyone's skin. Uh, wish we drafted Bridges instead of Knox. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Remember Knox how much played, we liked Knox? I liked him, but then you had to worry. Did. Oh, pop it open. Oh, it's Friday night. God. Friday night, Jamsters. Let's end this well, huh? I wish I had another shot. But uh, what what are we? What you ask? Kevin me? Sorry, Knox. Man. Kevin Knox. Kevin so Knox. Kevin Knox, you have to be careful with these teams that are really sucky, like the Knicks were when they drafted Kevin Knox, and he gets all those minutes, mm-hmm. gets some good stats. And you look at that because you don't. We don't watch the Knicks every night, so we don't know. We don't know what he needs to prove on, what he needs to do to be an actual good player in the NBA. But his stats look pretty decent in his rookie year. So you're like, oh, he there's a building block right there, but it's not. It's something that was pretty faux, and I think that that's something that they probably will end up trading is Kevin Knox, right? I, he played two minutes tonight. I didn't even notice him on the court. I didn't either. The, so I mean, it was probably two minutes. I was taking a deuce, but I don't know. I just I don't know what to think of him. Yeah, he might need to go to a new situation. I just feel like he came into a situation that wasn't going to be beneficial for him as a, as a developing young player. Granted, he did get minutes, but when you're playing in those kind of games, I mean, unless you're like a Devin Booker who comes out the other side with a skill set that is like unstoppable to score, it's you're you're not going to be growing. You're not learning from anyone around you. You're playing trash minutes. You're not learning the love of the game. You're you create a disdain for the game. So you know, again, Kevin Knox is somebody who we both liked when he came out of the draft, uh, even with his 17 foreheads. Um, <laughs> I was Paul, bring that up. Yeah, Paul is it. such a trash talker, man. What an asshole! They uh, that that was in the chat, and then the last one that I wanted to bring us. up. <laughs> yeah, that was us. That was exactly yeah. that was us before was Chris us Paul before. joined. We we were saying mm-hmm. that kind of stuff in the chat, and the last one is uh, campaign still looks like a juvenile turtle. I can see that. I was I trying. Think to, I, I can see that too. I figured out what animal he looks like, but I don't. Know I, know exactly, I, I know exactly. I know exactly. He looks what he like a turtle. Looks like. What it looks like rat- ratatouille. Yeah, he does look like a rat, though. Yeah. I mean, that's not saying he's a rat, but everyone has no. their animal. I look like a turtle. I'm a turtle. Yes. He's a rat. Um, what is what, what does Stephanie are. say? I look like a bat or something. No, that's, that's like Shannon. Me. That's your wife. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she she's a bat. She looks so. like she has wings, a wingspan <laughs> of ten feet. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. This is a reminder if you're watching along live on. Facebook, now YouTube, eh, Twitter. If you're watching along live, please subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button. Let all the other Suns fans know where to come to get the best Phoenix Suns content. And also, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, you went first last game, so guess what? It's my turn, and I already know who you're going to say. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to give it to Jay Crowder. Welcome back, Jay Crowder. He, he hit some massive threes in the fourth quarter, ended with 18 points, 6 for 12, and was part of the duo between him and Chris Paul who just got under the skin and into the minds of the Knicks, which ultimately we mind-fucked them out of a game tonight. So, yeah. Jay Crowder, Boss Man 99, welcome back. You are my jam star of the game. Matthew? Yep. You, you always want that big brother to get your back, right? That's what Aiden needs. He needs his Jay Crowder. So, tonight's jam star goes to Aiden. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Best performance of the season by far. This is what you need from him to be just a little bit of that is just perfect. But what we got tonight, 
I, I jumped out of my seat three times to his dunks. That's the most nice. this year. I've counted them. I think I got to one and a half this year once, but three times a lot. So, Aiden, keep rocking, my brother. Hell I don't know yeah. why I said that. Was that well, weird? Well done. Sorry. Uh, the unknown say says campaign looks like a koala bear. <laughs> Someone said, uh, hold on. Crowder. Someone said he looks like a broccoli. Oh, a gopher broccoli. This was pretty good. Gopher, gopher, gopher with broccoli on. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I dig it. That. I dig it. Um, so there you go. There's there's the jamster, jam star of the game. Uh, it looks like a lot of uh, a lot of people like both Jay Crowder and Da tonight. So well done to both of them. Guess what? All right, guess what? We asked the question on the last podcast, who was going to win, the Suns or the Knicks? Uh-oh. I said the Suns. Guess what? I'm one game out, man, with what, yeah. five games to go? Yeah, John's Ooh, a cheater, Now dude. the strategy gets in here. All right, so I am 32 and 19 on this season. Matthew's 33 and 18. I've made a late season push. So next up on Mother's Day is the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that lost tonight to the Portland Trailblazers. A team that is is they're reeling, Matthew. I mean, uh, LeBron James. Uh, ooh, this is great. I could probably go into my Le- one of my LeBron James rants here. Uh, Do it. But, but tell me what you're thinking. You know, it's a team that LeBron James didn't play tonight. We don't know if yeah. he's going to play on Sunday against the the Phoenix Suns. AD played tonight, uh, but he had some back spasms in his last game. What's going on with this Lakers team? What are you looking for in this game? Um, well, it's kind of disappointing with the Lakers and the injuries. I mean, I'm not a Lakers fan, but they were just out. They're out of it. They're trying to pull themselves together, and it's too late. I think the Suns team right now is just chemistry is the one thing we have over a lot of teams right now in the NBA, and that is one thing for sure we have over the Lakers. The injuries they've had, but they can't pull together any kind of string of wins really without Anthony Davis or even LeBron James. If one of them's in the game, maybe, but without both, absolutely just a win for the Suns. But Anthony Davis... I just want him to sit out the rest of the game because if I have to watch one more game where he's on the floor holding his ankle, I'm just mm-hmm. going to stop watching basketball. Just have that guy rest, call it quits for the season. Don't even play in the play-in. Just save the Suns some trouble this year. <laughs> and please just don't play. But yeah, I'm looking for... Uh, a, it's like, can you get up for this game? I think you can without those two. I think the Suns can after this momentous, momentous game they had tonight. They'll carry it over, I think, in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but but here is my Lakers theory, okay? And uh, I like what uh, Orzov Bruce says. He says, back spasms, in quote. Um, yeah. So here, here's my thoughts on the Lakers, okay? This Lakers seems good. Let's make no mistake about that. Don't get me wrong. They're 37-30. and 30. I get it. Since uh, LeBron James has been out, since Anthony Davis has been out, this has been a team that you know consistently has a hard time winning games uh but you look at their depth overall you know they have dennis schroeder who's currently out with COVID 19 protocols yeah. he's going to be back just in time for the playoffs so we'll see if there's any post COVID hangover from his performance uh but he's not playing um they now have andre drummond they have montrez harrell they have markeith morris and you know marcus Gasol's coming off the bench they have an unbelievably big front line the suns have deandre Ayton, frank kaminsky Dario Sarge's left ass cheek. That's like literally all we have, you know, and, and I'd even say Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, also huge yeah. guys. So it's a team that I do and, and still don't want to play come playoff time because of this reason. LeBron James, and I went into this a little bit on locked on, but I'm going to go off on it right now. LeBron James loves Loves directing his own narrative, correct? He's a master of his own social media. He's done a fantastic job. He's a, a somebody who should be admired. To You look at him relative to all of the expectations that were put on this man's back in his career, and guess what? He's delivered. He's led the way doing so. He hasn't fucked up. He hasn't done anything stupid. And he wants that respect. Like, remember when he won won the, the finals last year? Remember how they're interviewing him after the game, and he's just like, I've won the two hardest NBA finals ever. You know, this is right after the last dance where everybody's really high on Michael Jordan being the GOAT. And he's got to sit there and remind you, like, I've won the two hardest one ever. We were down 3-1 in a series to Steph Curry. We won that. We've won this one. And people are like, okay, like, yeah, you, you, you won it, man. Like, that's a debatable thing. But, yeah, you're the GOAT, okay? You're, you're, right now, you're, you're the greatest playing right now. But you're still probably not the greatest of all time. Me, personally, I give that one to Jordan. Matthew, I think, what, you're a LeBron guy, right? Um, It depends. Okay, see, but he wants 
everybody to think that he's the greatest because he's had to overcome the most. So what narrative would play perfectly then to go, well, Anthony Davis is hurt. I'm hurt. This guy's got COVID. Like we're in shambles. We can't win. And then all of a sudden come playoff time, the band gets back together and they just, they, they start mowing through the playoffs as a seven seed. Who's got to play in a play, a play in game. You know, I mean, they, they're, they're going to have all of these different challenges ahead of him. So when, if, and when they win a championship, which they're fully capable of doing, they did it last year. They can do it again. If everybody's healthy and playing, if all of a sudden everybody gets healthy and gets right, and they have to go from a seven seed to the NBA title, do you think LeBron's not going to sit there and be like, we overcame the most ever in a season to become the NBA finals. I was hurt. And he was hurt. Uh, uh, you know, people had COVID. We were a seven seed. We had a playing game. We had an extra playoff game. You know, it's all part of his narrative to try to tell us that he's the greatest of all time. It's like, dude, Jordan 6-0 and in the finals, like end of conversation for me. So that's what I think about LeBron James. I mean, because I still, like when he hurt his yeah. ankle, I get it. It was a high ankle sprain. The way that his ankle bent, it went out, not in. It ends a roll, out's an ankle sprain. But even when I was watching it, I'm like, LeBron likes to milk shit, man. And I felt like he's going to, I'm like, he's going to milk this shit for the rest of the season. And guess what? He has. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you actually on a few things. Um, first, yeah, I hate the Lakers. <laughs> LeBron, so his injury I think was real. I think he actually was hurt. And I think this year there was a game a couple games ago where Anthony Davis was playing and LeBron was hurt sitting on the bench. They lost the game. Anthony Davis was sitting on a scores table at the end of the game and it looked like he was about to cry or something. And LeBron, before the final buzzer, like a minute to go left in the game, walked towards the tunnel. So they have the camera yes. showing LeBron walking away. And then after that, after the game ends and they show Anthony Davis, it's like you guys living in Hollywood have to have something. Everything's so freaking scripted to make oh, it seem like you guys are just struggling. And we can't figure out whether or not you're, you're truly hurt. You guys are just waiting. You guys are just trying to feel things out. Maybe getting there a few reps once in a while until the playoffs start. Because you're right. If they're healthy, they're going to win the whole thing. They're going to beat the Sun. They might not beat the Nets. Who knows? But the Suns are going to have the hardest time against that team. And I hope it's real. I hope they have injuries. And I think it's because LeBron is actually getting old, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. It might affect them. Who knows? But we'll never know the truth, just like politics. You never know what the hell's going on with this team. Nope. And again, you look at some of his recent quotes where he's talking about how, you know what, my body and I will never be 100% again. It's beautiful. And, 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 <laughs> You know, whatever the may, whatever the case may be, or where we end up in the playoff, uh, whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. You know, with the play-in game. You know, it's like again, he's putting all these quotes out there, and and you know, some people are saying in the chat, you know, it's like, you know, he's just making excuses for when he loses, and that that might be part of it. You know, but I also, I honestly think that in his mind, he's like, I'm going for this championship, and this is going to be the one that's going to put me past Jordan because it's be number five for him. But again, like I have five, but I have three of the hardest ones ever and that's like the narrative that he wants everyone to think mm -hmm. so they're like well yeah he's clearly the goat because yeah he told me it was hard i mean look everybody was hurt he had to be good enough yeah. to play and now you know it's just like i i i don't buy it i'm not gonna watch it you know i'll watch it but like i just i don't want to see it happen but again you look at the where we stand as of right now utah's number one phoenix is number two we play the winner of the seven eight seed if the game if the season were 10 right now we're only five games out and that is the Lakers versus Golden State, which would be a fantastic game to watch. But if the Lakers beat Golden State, guess what? Suns have to play the Lakers. If the Suns have yeah. to play the Lakers and they have to and they have to beat them, they will play the winner of the Clippers in the Portland series. So if we want to get to the Western Conference Finals, we will have to go through both LA teams. And those are the two teams that scare me the most. Yep. We'll get it and over you with. You know what? If the they Suns think they can come in and do that, if they think they can just pull it together and beat the Suns, they're like, you know what? Let's do the play and let's just win that one game, play the Suns because they're the easier matchup. Yeah, then bring it on. Bring it on, Lakers. Because honestly, this chemistry the Suns team has is no match for any team in the NBA. So right now, any team that thinks they have a chance against them, you know, it might be a different thing than what they think they're getting themselves into. So it's just going to be so interesting to see it come a seven game series. That's what's going to be mm. interesting to see how this Suns team translates to a seven game series. Cause again, they play defense and defense is something that's going to be really valuable come playoff time. It's something as a Suns fan, I've never truly seen go back to the Barkley days. Those weren't great defensive teams. They had like thunder Dan and Danny Ainge and these guys who could just hit three balls and you had Charles Barkley doing whatever he wanted and Tom chambers and, and KJ scoring kind of at will. I mean, they were great offensive teams, seven second or less great offensive team. I'm so excited to go into the playoffs with this defensive team because you could be LeBron James. 
and you could be the the Los Angeles Lakers. If the Suns can D you up, man, we can win. It's just it's gonna be really yeah. hard against that team because they're really fucking big. And honestly, if the Suns beat the Lakers, they beat the Clippers. If they win the championship this year, that's this is the hardest season to win a championship. Yeah, Chris Paul can say that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got the hardest one. So, who wins the game, Matthew? Suns or Lakers? I got the Suns. I got the Suns in this one as well. I, right. I, 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 I just don't trust Scary. what the Lakers are, are trying to do. Oh no, it's not. It's not time. Those that Spurs games are coming. Chicken cluck. <laughs> those Spurs. Those Spurs games are coming. So, uh, anything else from you, Matthew? Before we get out of here today. No, Jamsters, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for watching me take my dentures off. But uh, it's been a fantastic <laughs> night. What a freaking night. Uh, yeah, a great win over the Knicks. You know, again, Jamsters, it was a fun, fun podcast. We're looking forward to you joining us on on Sunday when we play the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching along live on YouTube, please do us a favor. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. Shannon, you know that the shadow's on the wall here. <laughs> Shannon, uh, like, it's been an hour. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, she's like, it's been an hour. Uh, get out of there. Uh, but yes, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you are uh, on the the Facebook and the Twitter, you can follow us at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Void. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And on that note, it's been over an hour, so I got to go hang out with my wife. And I'm looking forward to it because Friday night, the, the Suns won, baby. All right, I'm going to go home with your family. What I'm going to go do. Cheers. <laughs>